0: You are listening to The Soapbox, a show about all things speech and debate. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, and anchor.fm slash Pod. Thank you for joining us today. We are glad you're here. Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. Astronaut Sally Ride. U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein. Three women who have devoted their lives to public service, three women who have fundamentally shaped the world we live in for years to come, and three women who are alumni of Stanford University. One more name has now joined their ranks, Gina Sanchez, a current student at Stanford University and an alum of Speech and Debate. We spend some time catching up with Gina today and discussing the ways Speech and Debate put her on her current path. Welcome to the Soapbox. Gina Sanchez is currently on a full scholarship at Stanford University. Yeah, you heard that right. And to reach that level of achievement, you need something special. And Gina credits all of that to speech and debate. In high school, Gina was a three-time state champion in both congressional debate and international extemporaneous speaking. There was a period of two and a half years there where she won first place at every tournament in Congress, probably close to 20 tournaments in a row, which is really unheard of. Gina was also a two-time top finisher in the International Public Policy Forum, a global debate contest that pits the top high school debaters from around the world against each other. And Gina wrapped up her career by being named one of six finalists for the National Student of the Year. And after her final tournament in Nationals in Fort Lauderdale, Gina wasn't finished giving back to her debate community. She and I were invited to give the headlining TED Talk at the Albuquerque TED Talk event in 2018. You can watch our, U- our talk on YouTube right now, where we discuss the life-changing power of speech and debate, and we promoted the upcoming 2020 National Tournament in Albuquerque. Gina, an important person in my life, And I was glad to catch up with her and see how life at Stanford University is treating her. And we're here with Gina Sanchez. Hi, Gina. Hi, Trey. How's it going?
1: Good. A little cold after those storms. Yeah,
0: the great winter storms of 2018 have just hit us. Yes. But you still found a way to join us. Thank you for being here. Of course. And you are home on a break. Because right now where are you spending most of your time? What are you up to? What am I up to before break? Well just in general. What where's your life right now? Going to school. Tell us about that. Where are you going to school?
1: Going to school at Stanford University. Finished up my first quarter. Um, really enjoyed it. All my classes, my dorm, my teachers. So it was a great experience
0: so far. So Looking what are you... To next quarter. That's awesome. What are you studying at Stanford?
1: Um, kind of undecided right now, but I'm thinking philosophy and international relations.
0: Philosophy and international relations. Yes. That sounds like something a former debater might <laughs> study.
1: Yeah, so I would be a former debater.
0: I guess so. Wasn't there a point in your life you weren't sure if that was going to be your route I seem to remember this time where you thought maybe like medical field.
1: Um, That was probably when I was a sophomore and I didn't really know if I wanted to pursue a humanities route or a medical route, Um, continued to do debate and decided that's where I should be, is pursuing some kind of career with communication skills.
0: Okay. So now that you're a few months into Stanford, you feel like you've made the right Yes. Yes. 100% sure. 100%. Dang, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So philosophy, international relations, what else are you doing at Stanford?
1: Well, um, I'm in a club called Stanford Women in Politics, and I recently just led a forum on the Kavanaugh confirmation, um, educating people about who he is, his implications for women. That was really exciting. Um, I also finished up a quarter internship with the Responsible Sourcing Network, which is an organization in the Bay Area that seeks to end the sourcing or unethical sourcing of raw materials such as cotton. Um, and I worked with them on their Turkmen Cotton Pledge. So that was really exciting too. Yeah.
0: What's life like in the Bay Area?
1: Well, to be honest, I haven't ventured off campus much. Really? Um, I went to San Francisco once and I really enjoyed that. We went to the pier. Um, so that was fun. But other than that, I went to Half Moon Bay once. Oh, okay, that was fun, but it was also really windy. And when you think beach, you think sunbathing and swimsuits, and that was not the case. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but other than that, getting off campus um, in Palo Alto, you go to the mall or you go out to eat. Uh, but of course, everything's extremely expensive. So right, it c- just kind of depends.
0: Sometimes smoky. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh my goodness, the so, fires.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you were there when the Great Fires happened. Were they happening in Washington?
1: No, it was, it was California, NorCal and SoCal. And we got the smoke from both of the fires.
0: All came to the Bay Area. All
1: right, came to the yeah. Bay Area, yeah. And so I think it was one Friday, class had to be canceled. They told everyone not to go outside.
0: I never um, heard of that, canceling yeah. class because of smoke, smoke, right?
1: Yeah, okay. they said being outside for a day was the equivalent of smoking 11 cigarettes a day. Oh my God. So I think I, they said at one point, that it was the worst air quality in the world compared to places in India, New Delhi. So.
0: Wow! Yeah, cool. that was a
1: scary time.
0: <laughs> right. So, you're at Stanford. You're studying philosophy, international relations. This is a podcast about speech and debate. Mm-hmm. How? I mean, I've talked to other people who've like they're doing like engineering or they're doing mm-hmm. uh, something like finance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of all over the place, but you seem to maybe. Found something that maybe direct, like of course it directly mm. relates to your speech and debate career. Yeah, how do you see like how speech and debate like led you to where you are right now?
1: Well, for philosophy, I think it's very clear that between speech and debate and philosophy, you have to have really good critical thinking and writing skills, um, and that directly applies to philosophy. And why I wanted to pursue philosophy was because in doing speech and debate, I was able to hone in and really work on those skills. Um, and philosophy you know people think it's a useless degree but it's really good for kind of crafting those skills and um, synthesizing research from philosophers and applying it to modern day ethics and philosophy and how that's really relevant today um, and speech and debate helped me design craft those skills um, and then for international relations obviously um, the event that I did in high school that I enjoyed probably the most was international extemporaneous speaking um, and I hadn't really learned a lot about global events in high school until I really started doing international extemporaneous speaking where I was forced to literally try and solve the world's problems by answering questions about, um, ISIS or Myanmar refugees. And I really became interested in that and wanted to pursue that as a career and in academics and college. And that was also directly because of speech and debate. So, um, yeah, it's very fair to say and very true to say that speech and debate directly impacted what I am studying in college and what I want to do in the future.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. And it's like some of the same questions you would draw and extemp mm-hmm. are like things you're actually learning about in class now exactly. at Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that sticks out like specifically? Like, can you remember a topic you did in high school that like has come back in college so far?
1: Um... Well, one class that I was taking um, was all about the history of human trafficking as well as legal and medical perspectives of human trafficking. Um, and we talked about the susceptibil- susceptibility of refugees in becoming victims of human trafficking. Um, and that was relevant to some of the questions that I was asked about Myanmar refugees and how refugees are more susceptible to being victimized and exploited because they don't have a home and how that was extremely relevant to some issues that I want to try and solve or pursue in the future.
0: Yeah, and that's cool. And that's, like, as you get further along in your career, like, there's actual maybe Mm real-world implications to what you were doing in high school with those questions. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's take it back even further. So... What made you join speech and debate in the beginning? What's that story?
1: Well, I actually didn't want to join speech and debate Uh, my freshman year. My sister had done it and she hated it. Um, And I just kind of thought, okay, I'll find something else in high school, something else that, you know, could fit me. Um, And then I had my first IEP meeting with you. um, And I said, I was looking for opportunities to grow as an individual, to get involved in school um, and kind of enhance my communication skills. And you told me you should do speech debate <laughs> and that's what I did. And I just kind of stuck with it and it worked out well, so.
0: Well, that was easy. All yeah. I did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All it took was you. <laughs> right, right. Well then, so you decided to do it, but then what about like, describe your first experience. Do you remember like your first <laughs> round that you ever did? It was awful. Or what was your first event?
1: Um. Yeah, my first event was policy debate which is with a partner and it's solely evidence-based and my partner and I we went into our first round and I think the topic was something about climate change and all I remember is that we were debating this person who is not supposed to be at the same level we were was actually two years older than us uh-huh. and somehow was competing or was allowed to compete against us and so he was really good and of course his partner was our level but still we ended up losing that round and it was awful and we felt like so humiliated but we went to the next round and we won the next round and so just kind of kept continuing but first experience i think for every debater is a horror experience and that's definitely true for me too
0: especially probably in policy debate yeah more than any other like and I, I can think, well, when I think back to my first policy round when I was in high school, like it was just a blur.
1: Yeah. Right. I
0: don't remember anything about it except that it was awful Fall, and yeah. I was destroyed.
1: Yeah. I, I think the topic was climate change. I'm not really sure. I don't think it was. It might have been like nuclear war.
0: <laughs> right.
1: But it was awful.
0: Nice. But so you got past that first round and you decided to stick with it. Yes. Like what was it that made you like stick with it, even though those first couple rounds were like hard and... Terrifying.
1: I think it was even though the fact that we did lose and it was humiliating, having some kind of avenue to share your voice is really impactful for kids, especially in the time frame of their lives where they're trying to develop their values and their beliefs. And that's of course when you're a freshman or in high school. Um, and that was something that I wanted to continue to do was to shape my values and to learn about. Um, global events or to learn about political issues and speech and debate, I knew it was going to provide me that avenue.
0: Cool. Well, that's a pretty big perspective to have <laughs> as a high school freshman. Yeah. <laughs> Do you really think like, are those the things you're thinking about? I mean, as a freshman, or is that something you're reflecting on now and realizing? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. I was definitely
1: a hunger hungry freshman, if uh-huh. you would say. Yeah. I was pretty ambitious and I had goals of going to college um of having a big career, of having an amazing life, and I wanted to do or want to have an avenue to do that. Right. And that was definitely speech and debate. So and you just
0: kinda decided this is gonna be the avenue that I used to yes. achieve my goals. Yeah.
1: I mean you did speech and debate too. So That's true. was that true for you too?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I was ever that ambitious in high school. Mm. But there was so after I had my first Tournament where it was awful, and Mm -hmm. but I learned a lot. I think what kept me going was like the first guy who defeated me, who crushed me, he stayed with me after the round and taught me how to really do a flow. Oh, yeah, how to do take notes Mm -hmm. in a debate. Um, and it was just like the community I was around that really made me want to keep doing it just because I like the people, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think that's what kept me going. Um, at the beginning, there. Uh, So you started policy. but You didn't stick with policy debate. No, I did not. What did you move into after that?
1: Um, I moved into Lincoln-Douglas debate and congressional debate. And I really found a home in congressional debate for whatever reason. I really enjoyed it. Um, Probably one of the most time-consuming and difficult events, but I felt like it was good for me because I'm someone who puts 110% into everything. Right. And so I was able to stick with it and persevere through the really difficult event. So,
0: Yeah, congressional debate is an interesting one. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> all the others, you're kind of a little more solo where if you're in a LD debate, it's just one-on-one. Mm-hmm. You only have one opponent. If you're doing a speech event, you only have five other opponents mm-hmm. in the room that you may or may not even see them yes. give their speech, but in Congress... You're in a room all day Mm -hmm. with 30 other people, 20 to 30 other people, Mm -hmm. and somehow you have to prove yourself that you have to stand out in some way. Yes. Right? And that's an interesting one. So it's very, it's not as cut and dry as the other events. Um, Very true to say. (laughs) How do you, but you did pretty well. I mean, I'm talking about that in your introduction here, but you did really well in congressional debate. How do you think you stood out in congressional debate and did... Found so much success?
1: I think it was partially finding a way to be a leader in the community of the 30 people who are in the chamber, um, having a strong presence. Uh, making your voice heard. Um, But I think also it comes with appealing to judges as well. I mean, judges want to see something new from people. They want to see something fresh. So having a strong and humorous personality at the same time, an assertive personality who's going to influence the vote of the chamber, that's how you need to appeal to the judges. Um, And so I think I was effective in doing that.
0: Yeah. And I think you could... You would do a good job standing out in the content of your speeches Mm -hmm. with like the, I think like the humor you mentioned, you would, you were pretty infamous for interjecting (laughs) a lot of like pop culture. Yes. Kim
1: Kardashian and Beyonce.
0: Yeah. So KK is like your go to like (laughs) reference, right? Yes. Have you had to do that in college yet? Like make a international relations reference (laughs) to Kim Kardashian?
1: Actually, not yet. Not yet. No. Uh, maybe Maybe in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Next quarter, I'm taking an intro to global justice class. So I think a lot of what I was learning about in high school is going to be taught in that class. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. Nice, nice. <laughs> um,
0: So you found a lot of success, um, but it's also, it wasn't always easy. So we talked about your first round, right? Like yes. You didn't, are there any other moments that stand out of like, utter defeat or things that like you had to get past like some yes. sort of debate obstacle um
1: my junior year going to be a senior um i qualified to nationals in congressional debate i had gone undefeated for the past 10 ish tournaments in congressional debate um prepared pretty extensively for nationals wrote speeches for every bill was practicing two hours a day um, for two weeks leading up to nationals it was just constant all the time Um, and I felt extremely prepared for the chamber for the first round going into nationals Um, and my chamber was really difficult and I didn't expect it to be that difficult because it was a preliminary round um, but I still had hope that I would qualify to the next round to semifinals and nationals. Um, and when we went to the posting party to see if I had actually qualified to the next round, I did it. And that was just a moment of defeat knowing that all the hard work that I had put in um, the confidence that I had in possibly qualifying to the next round wasn't grounded and it wasn't founded. <laughs> and so that was pretty disappointing. And I just remember being utterly crushed and crying on your shoulder. Um, But also kind of coming out of it and saying that, you know, I'm a leader on the team. I can't let this affect my teammates who have made it to the next round. Um, And I can't let it affect my kind of future in speech and debate. So that happened, but I learned from it. So,
0: right. And one thing I think you do extremely well is kind of learning Maybe not on the spot, but learning pretty quickly <laughs> from like setbacks and how to how to handle it.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Is there anything so now that you're even more removed from high mm-hmm. school and speech and debate, is there anything you think back on and you're like, I was really dumb about something, <laughs> or I shouldn't have done that, or My, I, wish I, I wish I had done something differently? Um
1: Honestly, I wish I would have had more fun. Fun in speech and debate <laughs> in choosing events that I always wanted to do but never had time to do because I was so invested in debate events or extemp. I wish I would have done um, humorous interpretation or yeah. something like that. I was just so <laughs> goal oriented in the events that I was doing that I didn't have time to try anything else. Right. right so right.
0: that's a good thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, when you think back now, if you had to choose one highlight. Like, what is the most memorable experience from your speech and debate time? There's I th- a lot to choose from.
1: Yes. Um, well, I think overall, some of the most memorable experiences have been adventuring into schools at tournaments with teammates and finding the photo booth um, at La Cueva, <laughs> the dark room. And that's an amazing experience It's just the overall camaraderie of Bonding with your teammates, Um, but I think one specific event that will always stick with me Um is when hannah linder tiffany and I did international public policy forum this past year and um, We worked really well as a team together in talking about um, The the effectiveness of binding Climate change accords (laughs) And that was our topic for an entire year and we worked really well together as a team qualified to the top eight and we were nervous about competing against the team that had won the whole tournament last year. Um, and we really pulled it together. And it was funny because the team had come in thinking they were going to beat us. And we ended up beating them. Yep. And that was just an amazing moment for me. It was kind of almost ending my speech and debate career or my definitely my career in IPPF. Um, knowing that everything that we had done and everything that I had done um, was building up to this moment and having this moment of affirmation of all the work that we had done together as a team and individually.
0: Nice. And so some more background on the <laughs> IPPF. Yes. So this is the International Public Policy Forum. Mm-hmm. It's the, This is kind of separate from your normal speech and debate activities. Yes. And so it's not really affiliated with the National Speech and Debate Association. It's run by kind of a standalone organization and a law firm out of Dallas and out of New York that sponsors this and NYU. And so any team from across the world can submit an essay on the topic that year. And yeah, that year, year, was really very specific, almost mundane sort of topic, (laughs) but we found ways to make it interesting Mm -hmm. about the, if bind, if accords for climate change to reduce gases, should they be binding or not? Mm -hmm. That's the essential question, right? Um and so you had to submit an essay, and over 300 different essays from around the world were submitted. Mm-hmm. And your essay made the top 64. Mm-hmm. And then you have to do a written debate against teams to make it to the top eight. Mm-hmm. And if you make it to the top eight, then you get a free trip to New York to debate the remaining in person. And that was a pretty excellent highlight for your senior year, I think. Yes. To, in your first round, you had to f- go against the previous world of champions. And you beat them in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yes, Fini- finishing with an overall third place ranking. Yeah, so that's pretty, pretty. that was a pretty memorable experience. It
1: is. And th- that's also something that's stuck with me through college is now I'm judging International Public Policy Forum. Yes, yeah. Um, and that's a different take because I went from a participant to a judge. Yeah. And that's something that sticks with me too.
0: And I think more than any of the other speech and debate events, IPPF, I think, does the best job in terms of writing yes like you have to become a really good writer really quickly mm. and have you found those skills obviously have transferred to Stanford
1: yeah, yeah. Um, one specific example I took an upper-level history course about the culture of the Old South and slavery um, and the final was to write a research paper providing some sort of argument about any of the topics we had discussed in class um, and so I was a freshman and everyone else in the class was a junior or senior. Um, so in the beginning, I think my professor was a little bit worried about me synthesizing all the research and crafting a good argument. Um, but my topic that I chose was about um, the relationship between women slaves and white mistresses in the household and how that relationship was characterized by um, the white masters and ended up writing a really good research paper, um, and I'm able to continue a really good relationship with that professor because now she knows that I have research potential. Um, So, IPPF definitely crafted that because we were writing 2,800 word essays all about research and synthesizing to make arguments, and I was able to apply that to my classes that I'm taking now.
0: That's awesome, yeah. And so, we're kind of reflecting on the skills you've learned from speech and debate, how it's applying to you now is what's what's kind of your final takeaway like what did speech and debate do for you and like leave you on the path you're on now
1: i think a couple things one thing is that if you have enough motivation to do something or if you have enough ambition to achieve your goals that you can um and i set out as a freshman with ambitions and goals and didn't know if those were going to be met and they were with hard work and perseverance and speech and debate taught me that also you can establish friendships um, and relationships with anyone you want to through the skills you learn in speech and debate because you have opponents but your opponents are also your friends and they're also people that you're going to see every weekend and that's helped me a lot in college too as well as all throughout high school was you know, having those relationships and those communication skills with friends and having those healthy relationships. And that was probably one of the biggest takeaways is that um, speech and debate helps you craft those relationships. And I was able to make lifelong friends through speech and debate and lifelong mentors. So hmm.
0: nice. Well, that's a good answer. Cause so many people will say like, I obviously learned to talk better. No, <laughs> I, give, I give like great presentations and I'm not as scared. And that's definitely, a that's skill, true. Right? Yeah. But yeah, but to say, come kind of coming back to the relationship piece is, uh, is kind of a good takeaway for mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm. So and I think it might be unique to speech and debate that other activities you don't experience it as much. It is. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you for joining us, Gina. Thank you. Enjoy your next quarter at Stanford. Thank you. And come back and join us again sometime. Of course. <laughs> All right. Bye. A few notes on how to connect with us before wrapping up. First, share your story on our Anchor account. Either download the Anchor app or visit anchor.fm slash the soapbox pod and press record voice message. Anchor is this great new tool that's going to allow us to connect with people from anywhere and everywhere. Second, we want you to check out our Patreon account, visit patreon.com thesoapboxpod to find out how you can support our mission of spreading these amazing stories and growing the activity of speech and debate. Finally, connect with us at all the socials, facebook.com thesoapboxpod. Also connect with us on Twitter. And I'm excited to connect with each and every one of you. This project is truly about something bigger than me or any one person. So please, please take the time to share your story. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to our journey as this show progresses.